Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is our Christmas episode of the Meatistics podcast. So we don't have a ton of Christmas things for you, to be honest. We just did our 12 days of Christmas um, live stream that went awesome. A lot of fun. We did uh, a schedule, which helped. Yeah, that was, I think, helpful for everyone. Yeah, we yeah we learned that we need to do more stuff like that because of the lady that emailed in about our Thanks Black Monday live stream. That was like, hey, you forgot me in the giveaway. I won. And you didn't send something. We were like, what? We went back and we we're like, oh yeah, yes we did. <laughs> we did miss. Not you. only Sorry. that, but it was also that was the one I made a joke. I was like, if you can prove you're related to General Patton, yeah. I'll give you two. But uh, so um, we are going the. After what we're doing here, we have an entire hour and something of Kurt Ratzliff from BHA and I talking, drinking, um, discussing some hunting trips he, he was on, discussing, you know, how he and I get. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love I love when he gets to come on and like just the stories because he 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 gets to do so much fun stuff. It's, he does. it's I love listening to him. I don't know. We meander. <clears throat> we just, you know, go from topic to topic. We don't really have a plan. We just kind of kind of talk it through. But before we do that, um, what are you planning on doing for Christmas? Oh, um, some of my family won't be in town till closer to New Year's. So some of our Christmas stuff we won't do for another week and a half here. But, oh, okay. Uh, we'll uh, spend some time with uh, my in-laws on Christmas Eve and uh, spend some time down in Howard. And then uh, Christmas Day, I'm not really sure what the schedule for Christmas Day is going to be because it's weird this year since Christmas falls on a Sunday and then my church, like they normally have like multiple, uh, worship services Mm -hmm. and this year they're only doing one and it's at a time that none of them ever are so it's throwing off my whole schedule Uh, yeah so i still have yet to really exactly figure out what we're doing on christmas so you don't do do you do midnight mass before and on christmas day no um if if we were if we were going to be in town christmas eve we we have like a what's called like a candlelight service it's not at midnight it's like 10 or 11 o'clock. Oh yeah. yeah. We just call it midnight. Not oh, at midnight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I like doing that. But since we're going to be, um, out of town all day, um, and then got a three-year-old and one-year-old at home, probably not going to drag them out for that. We'll, probably. we'll drag them out for, for church Sunday morning. Um, where we won't miss that, but, um, probably this year, unfortunately, we're probably going to skip the, the Christmas Eve night service, yeah. but I, which is disappointing because that's one of my favorite services. I love like everyone. I don't know if churches you normally go to like they actually like we pass out candles everybody lights the candles just there i just i like fire so it's it's entertaining but um my favorite part of church every year is uh oh holy night Mm -hmm. and so um i go to new spring and then last year two years ago yeah two years ago it worked out where i went there then i went up to see my sister and they were all going to church so that's catholic church so i went with them there both of them completely butchered that song and I was so mad. I was unreasonably mad. I'm like, well, you guys have ruined my Christmas. Thank, thank you very much. Um, not really, but yeah. it, that's my f- favorite part of uh, what we used to call midnight mass was that everybody singing that. I don't know why just always has been, but yeah, I'm going up to uh, Kansas city, spend time with my sister. My mom's coming down. So cool. get to see some people. I'm, I'm excited for that. Very cool. And you're taking off, you are taking off Tuesday, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, Monday and Tuesday. I'll be back Wednesday. So we'll see you next week so for we'll podcast. Do the podcast. Okay. Yep, yep. And all of the awesome stories and a good rant um, will be ready for that. And maybe I'll finally get a way to view that 
study we were talking about with the gut oh, microbiome. Yeah. With your so the, real quick, they did a study that is uh, your gut microbiome controlling your uh, urge to work out. Um, it does something with the dopamine, uh, so it gives a like, way better gratification for physical activity, making you want to do it more. And I need to find out what this gut mm -hmm. microbiome is because. I keep finding and having more stuff that I like seeing people send to me about your gut microbiome affecting all these different things. And I don't want to believe it, Oh, it's a but I know it like, I know it's true based ju just based upon how I feel when I eat certain things. And like when I'm eating healthier, I feel better, but I like eating junk food. I so don't like eating well. I'm, if I'm in a really good mood today, um, last night. Around 10 o'clock, I feel pressure on the end of the bed and I know what's happening. So I put my foot down there. I go, no, but it was too late. Brutus was on his way <laughs> up onto the bed and he laid basically right on top of me. I mean, like right next to me. And he kept put his head on my lap, on his paw. And like, he's just, <laughs> so I quickly realized, okay, I'm not sleeping in the bed tonight. This isn't going to work. And you can't move him. Once he falls asleep, he will not move. It is the most ridiculous thing ever. So... I'm like, all right, kind of laugh about it. I'm like, I'll go out and sleep on the couch. Like, it didn't bother me. Normally, I'd be like, you rat dog. But I was just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then woke up this morning. And I was just like, yeah, I'm in a really good mood. I ate a ton of my wife's cookies yesterday. So my current theory is that I've been not eating enough carbs. Huh. So I don't know. Maybe. We're going to try it out. But I, I have to read that study because I'm really interested in what it is. Follow the food pyramid, John. Yes, yes. The food pyramid is <laughs> the best thing ever. Best thing. All right. But speaking of food, we do. Speaking of food, we got something special, even though we're going to be kind of short on the part and jump into uh, John's conversation with Kurt. We had to get to this. We talked about something a couple podcasts ago and a certain type of protein. Mm -hmm. And I found some at the store, special lasagna flavored <laughs> crickets. Yeah. So first of all, I don't like lasagna. It's, uh, yeah, it literally comes in a test tube and it's just little baby crickets seasoned up with uh, lasagna flavor. To give you more uh, um, confidence in eating it, they put it in a test tube. All right. So, yeah, it's got to be a good amount of them all down the hatch at once. So, do we have about the same amount? Yeah. It's hard to tell my hand's so much bigger than yours. <laughs> all right. You ready? Hold on. Before you guys go, the this story came out today about uh, Heat star Jimmy Butler misses game due to stomach bug days after eating crickets. No, <laughs> oh, awesome. no, no, ready? no. You ready? No. Yep. One, two, three. Yep, true story. Gastrointestinal illness. I don't know if I'd say <laughs> lasagna. Very subtle lasagna. There's just tomato no pasty, moisture. Maybe. Yeah. And it's, there's yeah, not it's a lot Italian, of salt. Italian flavor, yeah. basically. With maybe a little bit of tomato powder. They're not bad. They're so dry. They're very dry. That's accurate. It's kind of like a... Some of uh, them still have their wings and some don't. Yeah. Why'd they come in a thing that like a single cigar would come in? Right? <laughs> I mean, like. it seems like convenient now. I mean, what else do you put them in? But plastic would probably be... Yeah. A bag? Yeah, a little Anything. tiny little bag. It, it makes me think of like... Uh, when you're when you're making like a green bean casserole and you put the little onion crunchies on top, mm. it's like that without any onion flavor or really without any flavor at all. Yeah, I don't. There's not a lot of flavor to it, but it just has a little bit of crunch to it, and it's not bad. No, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's not good. Like I wouldn't buy them. 
again, but to try, yeah, not bad. Um, certainly not the grossest thing we've eaten by any stretch oh, of the amount. Oh, uh, we've eaten some, yeah, horrible things compared to that. Garlic, tomato, spices, basil, parsley. Yeah, so basically everything you would expect to see. In. Long story short, I'd say if you're ever fed cricket, don't panic. You're going to be fine. It's not that bad. Unless you're Jimmy Butler. Then you're going to apparently have a stomach issue. Um, all right. So we will get into uh, our conversation with Kurt, unless you had anything else you want to talk about. Uh, that's all. Just yeah. want to yeah, say Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas from everybody here at Walton's to all you listeners. We really do appreciate it. And hope you guys have a, a great Christmas, great New Year. And let's hope 2023 is a little bit easier on everybody than 2021 <laughs> and 2022 were. So thanks a lot, guys. Hey guys, this is John, and we've got another episode of the Meatgistics podcast for you. Now, we don't have Austin here. We have Kurt. Hey guys. Our good friend from BHA, the Kansas chapter. Um, probably the person that's been on the show the most, I'd imagine, other than us. Maybe. I think I need credit credits at this point or something. Get heard now. I just take the free beer. I'll, I'll, I'll be good with that. So, because <laughs> Kurt has come in to lament uh, a recent hunt and relive that with him, I decided we needed some beers for this. And I'm all for that. Kurt will never turn it down. So we've got Walnut River Fool for You. Um, I swear I can read, though it didn't sound like I could there. It's a 6.9% kettle soured ale with cranberry, vanilla, orange zest, and lactose. Uh oh. Lactose. All I saw was sour. Let's see how this is. (laughs) We'll give give it a whirl. That it's not bad. Yeah, but it's not like I, that's not really sour. It's yeah, got a, it's a little short on the sour yeah. end of things. Yeah, I would, I would like my wife might be able to drink this. She does not like sours at all. Yeah, she might be able to drink this. It's got it almost starts being a sour and then it just goes nah. Yes, <laughs> just it must be the lactose part I, of it. Right, just I'm just going to nope. smooth <laughs> gonna right out it. instead. I gotta try it again though. Yeah, I like the six point nine percent. It's not bad. I kind of like that. Second, no. second go around was not so bad. No, I mean, it's not bad for sure. I'll drink yeah. it. It's just not quite the sour. Yeah. I was hoping for. It's not as sour as, as expected, I guess. Well, maybe. if we get through these, there's a different kind in the, the okay. fridge that we can I'm try. I'm another one of those. Though. Fairly one sure. Bit. We can get through that. Now, we've also got a <laughs> smorgasbord ahead of us. This smells um, so good walking in here. It's like... I. Instead of coming in here, but literally, like, I followed my nose back here. Like, it was so good. It smelled so good coming down the hall. Well, we have the imitation bacon, and anytime you make that, it just smells amazing. It, yeah. So, we've got a couple of things. Here are uh, backstraps from my deer. Now, we've already tried these on a previous podcast. Awesome is here. You weren't. This is the Mojo Rub. Um, I lost the bet on Kansas State and uh, Notre Dame. Okay. So it is now officially Mojo, not Moho. Oh, okay. uh, we marinated both of them in the Argentinian barbecue. Wow. Then we rubbed this one with Mojo and then that one with wild game seasoning, the BHA wild game seasoning. Nice. So go ahead and try some. And we did this a while ago. So I had them backpacked and frozen. So I just sous vide them for like an hour at 130 degrees. Well, the first taste of that was amazingly yeah. good. It, it's that Mojo seasoning has like a citrus kick to mm-hmm. it that 
you're not really expecting with any really red meat, but it works really well. That's fantastic. I really like that. Yeah. So wow, that's really good. Mojo with Argentinian uh, barbecue, and then the other one is your wild game seasoning. So I'm not sure why, but one of them stayed significantly more red than the other. Is it there? Does what the season? Does it pair nicely? Well, your beer. Oh, it's not bad. Yeah, actually, that first one would pair really mm-hmm. well. It I did. I took a sip afterwards. It's like man, it's a nice combination. Good contribution, Patrick. I'm trying. I was. Oh man, well if you guys done. saw what I was just doing, I was on all fours over there, getting the microphone from under John's. That no joke. And then I felt coming it. back this way, and then realizing. I unmuted the wrong channel, so please continue. <laughs> <laughs> For a little nudge against my leg, I'm like, what? Every sound he's grabbing a microphone. Mm. See, that's good. Yeah. That's that's just like, that's a good, solid rub taste. Oh, I the like wild that. game one. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that's a little bit of sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even necessarily call it spiciness, but it's no. got a little something mm-hmm. beyond just sweetness to it. Man, that's just, that's good. Both of those. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Now. Mm. That is my deer, so of course it's delicious. That's obvious and goes without saying. Good job. Probably could have put nothing on it and still would have been amazing. But <laughs> that's really good. When we tried them the first time, I tried that one first and I was just over the moon at how good it was. And mm-hmm. I was like, I know I'm going to like that one better than this one. Then I tried this and I am like honestly shocked by how much I like this with the mojo. It's really seriously good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't like deer, well, I mean, so much I mean, of not like deer. Though. Well, so much of it is by how people handle it. Oh, one hundred percent. That's absolutely certain. So if you true. don't handle it well, no matter how you season it, it's not going to taste great. Yeah, and that's where the when they when people say it tastes gamey, mm-hmm. that's where that comes in. If you don't handle the animal appropriately out in the field and all the way through, that's when the gaminess comes in. Or if you overcook it. Yep. Yep. That's and two ways. So we got to keep. That out of Austin's hands, like you can't let him cook wild game. So just go, no, 165. Let's get that out of you. you, you <laughs> no, know, no, no, you no. To, to wow, I got to do one more of these two guys. Okay. That is so good. And then we have, now this isn't my deer. Uh, this is a deer that, um, what was his name? Kinetic Connection uh, gave us to process. So this is the imitation bacon deer. Um. All things being equal, this might be my favorite thing that we make here. Really? Because it's just so good. It smelled so it good coming down the hall. so close to bacon. And so you ground, this is ground. Mm-hmm. Ground it up, put some pork fat in it, mix in the seasoning, form it into a, a loaf, and then you can either smoke it or cook it in your oven. But wow. either way, it is just... Wow. That's super good. I mean, BLTs with these are amazing. Mix it up into any dish you're making or just eat it plain. I've I've never had this before. Really? Yeah. I've never had this before. And this is really, 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 really good. Next time you stop by, I've got another brick of it um, in my home freezer. I will show you that and make you jealous, not let you take it. (laughs) I'll give you a brick of it. Or in fact, you can take what's in the quill. Man, that's, I mean, that's super good. That is super good. If you watch, if you go back in the history of this, year over year over year, we sell more of it and more of it and more of it and more of it. Because I think more people are taking 
like a lot of the smaller cuts of their deer or whatever um and making this with it just because it's so easy and it's so mm. good now that's really tasty this one has uh the imitation bacon seasoning and we added bacon taste booster to it uh, so bacon taste booster is just an additive that they started using when people were vacuum tumbling or uh, bacons mm. to get mm. everything in it so it's supposed to give it more of like the dry rubbed flavor like the old world flavor and we always said don't add it to you know this or bacon snack sticks or anything and then somebody asked me on meat sticks one day like why <laughs> what would it do and i was like it'd make it taste more like bacon <laughs> why wouldn't we be so then i just started adding it to everything mm -hmm. like oh mm. bacon's a secondary ingredient in that probably needs some bacon taste booster. of course and it's delicious how do you go wrong with Love more bacon stuff. yeah that is yeah, literally i've never had this ever mm. and this is really good I will be I will be making this. I've only ever had it out of deer and beef. Um, that might be wrong. I might have made it out of pork ones, but whatever. Really interested to see what it's like out of elk, moose, mm -hmm. some of the other wild games. But literally, this is just ground up, mixed up, and form a loaf. Yep. And then slice it. Yep. So you want to mix it, smoke it, and then you, smoke yeah. it or cook it. Um, mm in an oven now it's just like a snack stick or a summer sausage you want to get it really nice and sticky okay. so that everything like will hold together if you don't do that um it has a tendency to fat out and when you cook it all the fat will right. leach out and rise to the top um but yeah yeah we tried one time to make it look like bacon by doing a layer of protein a layer of fat a layer of protein a layer of fat so it had like the fat runs in it yeah that didn't work at all that fat cooked right out right down. and then up the side and we had fat on the top and they just they didn't stick together at all so as soon as you cooked it was just like oh the fat all melted somehow but i thought that might happen as you, were, as you were going through that but man that's really stuff good. is so good oh that is so good <clears throat> more and more people are finding out about it because the amount we sell is just incredible you know i've got some deer um trim from from a couple of deer i think it is at home i might i might drag bag some of that stuff and uh take it home with me yeah give it a shot it's i will it's really not hard to do now, it's certainly a lot easier than snack sticks and even summer sausage i mean you don't need a stuffer for it literally the only thing you need for that is a grinder yeah because you can hand mix and Nice. I like it. All right. Then um, this is from a guy. Uh, I should actually give his name. Hold on one second. Where did I put that? I know I put it somewhere. Oh, there it is. Leave that in, Patrick. Make them suffer. <laughs> Uh, this is from uh, Paul and Dell Fishers. It's a German sausage with sauerkraut. This is a guy who gave me a snack stick. I'm pretty sure it's him at least. Give me a snack stick once. It was Willie's with uh, pickled jalapenos that he let dry out for a while. Extra garlic powder, uh, mustard seed, and a few other things. And it was one of the best sa summer sausage, or sorry, one of the best snack sticks I've ever had. So... We're going to give this a shot, too. There we go. So it's like, I'm assuming Watch. it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, add sauerkraut to basically I anything, like and I'll like it. It's got a good look to it, too. I like that. 
Yeah. He, so what he did to do that was he ground his fat and his lean separately. Yep. So that'll give you those nice big. Big chunks of fat in there. Yep. It looks really good. Mm. That's not bad. That doesn't suck. Whew. That sauerkraut comes through nicely. Yeah, and see, I'm not even a sauerkraut oh, guy, huh? but that's pretty good. Like, that's pretty good. For everybody on Meatistics who's a big fan of or follows the um, canning everything uh, post, we've got this one post mm -hmm. about canning, yep. and they talk about sauerkraut in there all the time. Um, I will try to get Paul uh, to give the recipe <clears throat> for this because it truly is delicious. That's really good. That is really good. Yeah, seriously, I am not... Like a sauerkraut guy, but I'll have another piece of that. I like sauerkraut. And this is best sauerkraut sausage I ever made. Is I took uh, our Reuben sausage once and loaded it up with sauerkraut. It's pretty good. Like this is not overpowering to mm -hmm. me. The sauerkraut end of it. It's it's really just a really good sausage with some extra flavoring in it. None it of the like. European sausages are ever going to be overpowering, and I mean they're all mild mm -hmm. or traditional, however you want to say it. Yeah, that's good. Mm. All right. So now for the last <laughs> of the try food things. Um, Here we go. So this has been almost two years in the making because this is some tender jerky that we made and put in a vac bag and threw in the corner of our uh, kitchen over here with the intention of just watching what happened and eventually maybe eating it. Well, I finally just convinced myself that nothing was ever going to visually change with it. It was always going to look how it looks. As far as food safety, I think we're good. I, I know why you broke it out when I'm here, because you know I'll try it. <laughs> and that's about the best I can do is I think we're good. Um, it definitely Let's find out. It feels a little tough, so we're going <clears> to... <throat> We might have to chew on this a little bit. We'll do a one, two, three, go on this deal. I also think it was maybe brisket. How I'm just looking at that. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like that doesn't look like. That looks like brisket. Uh-huh. Normally I would use eye of the round. That's, and this is that, like long and thin. Yeah. Well, finish. all right. All right. Ready? One, one two, two, three, go. Chewy. Takes a little bit to get a little flavor mm -hmm. going, like you'd expect. And this was on the shelf sitting out here how long? At least 20 months. Wow. I think maybe a little bit longer than that. Flavor's still good. It, it's yeah, a, it takes a little bit to get there, but once it gets there, that's that's like that's your tender jerk. It's like you have to rehydrate it with your yep. saliva. Or with beer. Maybe I'll try that. Or with beer. That could work. <laughs> We probably shouldn't eat any more of that just in case. We'll talk oh, again. Oh, ye of little faith. Come yeah, on, we'll man. We'll talk again in 24 hours, see if we're all feeling okay So We'll be fine. I got a, I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so, you know, I'm covered. You're good. <laughs> or, you know, you never go to the doctor. Yeah, that's the way some people go through life, right? stay healthy all the time. <laughs> all right all right so that is i will continue snacking on this but that is the end of the food yeah. portion that was good like straight across all of it like i said the the jerky was a little dry because it's been sitting out on the 
on yeah. the countertop for forever, <laughs> for forever, a year and a half or whatever. Nope. <laughs> now, but, w- real quick, before it was in a vac bag, right? Right. right, right okay. Right, right, okay. Yeah. Just not, yep. not just sitting out there. It wasn't. We're not right. psychotic. I would hope not. But yeah, but yeah, and it was good. It was fine. It took a little bit to get going, but outside of that, which is understandable, it was good. Okay. So you were supposed to be on a while ago for this. Uh, yeah, you canceled me a couple of times now. So I don't feel like that's it at all. You got sick. <laughs> I did get sick yeah. there for a while. And then yeah, last so week, other things were going on. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, true. that's all true. I'll, I'll grant you that. So you were supposed to initially go on this hunt with Brett, I believe. Oh, yeah. Man, that was a long time ago. That was a long time yes, ago. Yes, yeah. Brett was supposed to go um, bird hunting with us in Montana. With my wife, he and his wife, me and my wife, we were supposed to get together up in, in Montana and chase some sharp-tailed grouse. Right. And then, yeah, he chickened out. <laughs> <laughs> That's my version. <laughs> I, I don't think so, Brett. I think you braved out. You're too brave to go. No, what, he, another hunt. But, but, with but I'll go back to that one. I'll go back to that one. Okay. It, it, um, if... If Brett did chicken out or whatever his reason was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it was a good call because it was so <laughs> hot in Montana this year. It was so ugly. I mean, it was ugly hot. And we were trying to we were trying to chase birds around and the dogs were overheating constantly. And so we had to really, really, really watch that. Yeah. And um, so yeah, we were able most days to hunt until like 10 or 11 in the morning. Um, start at sun up, and you could go till 10 or 11. And then it was too hot. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we've only got two dogs. See, we don't have, like, a whole trailer load of dogs to switch, switch them, them out, out and right. all that kind of stuff. We've just, you know, we're, we're in our little Honda Pilot and we're driving <laughs> around up there and and uh, with two dogs in the back end and off we go. And so, yeah, we were done, like, at 10 or 11 in the morning. And what kind day. of dogs? English setters. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but, uh, and we had, you know, Jeff Hancock that does our... BHA podcast with me. He he uh, went up there also, and he went to a different part of the state. Uh, and we we were talking afterwards. It's like we had two completely different um, experiences up there this year because he went to an area that's pretty well known for having a large number of birds, and so it also has a large number of hunters mm-hmm. pretty much every year. And and that was like one of the few places that really was really good for birds last year up there. And so he went up there and was up there with everybody else and all that kind of stuff. And and my wife and I opted to go to a different part of the state. Um, it's one that we'd been to a couple of times before. And there's very little hunting pressure. And the birds aren't great, but they're pretty good. Okay. And so, like, we, we were up there. We were scheduled to be up there for three weeks. Um, and we ended up making it about, I think we were up there about actually about a week because then we had to come back down to Colorado to babysit grandkids for about a week. But then we went back up and I said, all together, we were up there probably a week or 10 days. And every field that we walked into, every pasture, whatever you want to call it up there, we saw birds. Every place we went, we saw birds. Okay. Um, Not a lot of birds. Right. But we saw some birds. Okay. Um, And we saw zero other hunters the whole time. That's Perfect. Yeah. And I'm not telling you where we went. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, <laughs> I understand not, that not it was even close hot to that. and unfortunate, 
that it was that hot, but still, but I would still, take by yourself. Absolutely. A hundred times over more birds, but being yeah. crowded. Yeah. I, I would, that's my pick every time. Um, and so, yeah, we had nice steady amount of birds and, uh, we'd hunt till 10 or 11 and then go spend, you know, the next few hours just kind of scouting, looking for other places to go and deciding whether we want to go this direction, or that direction, whatever, and then go, you know, back to a pasture that we were camped out in, hmm. uh, you know, a public land pasture, basically some BLM land. And, uh, we just throw the tent back up and hang out and let the dogs cool down. I'd put up a tarp to give dogs some shade. And, yeah. and uh, it, yeah, it's pretty, pretty pleasant way to spend some time. Did they have streams, rivers, anything that no, they could go? No, no. Okay. you gotta, you gotta haul your own, haul water, your own water for the most part. Okay. Yeah. And so we'd, we'd come back down into a town every two or three days, usually get more water and gas the car up and yeah. get some ice for the cooler and then back out again. And your so, wife's a trooper. Oh, yeah. She's if tough. I tried to do that with my wife, she'd be like, you're going by yourself. <laughs> what do you? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you should look in the, in the, uh, did you get your backcountry journal? Mm -hmm. I did. Um, her picture is in there. Um, in the, uh, whatever, what do they call it? Backcountry bounty or something like that, where they say, they show people with what they have. Did I take a picture of that when I got it and send it to you? No. I feel like you did. No. I think so. No. Thinking of something. Yeah. But anyway, her picture's in there with one of our dogs. Awesome. Up from that Montana hunt. So. That's yeah. cool. It was, a, it was a, she was very proud of that bird too. Cause like, that was like a hundred percent her. Um, cause I was, I forget what I was doing. I was like pulling burrs out of a dog or something. I can't remember. And, uh, she was, I don't know, a couple hundred yards away and just kind of standing over there. And she heard like a, a Sharpie. They, they have a little sound that they make. There's like a clock kind of mm -hmm. cluck kind of sound. And uh, she heard that and she looked over just in time to see this bird's head pop up and then went back down. And so, um, so I got done with the dog and she's like, send one of the dogs over here. And so I had one of the dogs go over there and she took the dog up there and got the bird up and shot it. So awesome. She was pretty happy with that. So what are you doing with those I assume, are we just taking the breasts or how are their legs? Um, the legs are a little tough. I usually take like the, the meaty part of the thigh if I can, if it's not shot up, okay. I might take the meaty part of the thigh out of it to use that with the breast. And we put the, we had the Sharpies that we got, we vacuum sealed them and put them on the, on the Walton's website here yep. a while back. And, and that works super good. I mean, that works super good. Um, but yeah, and there's a, there's a soup or a stew, I forget what it's called, <clears throat> which one it is, um, that we make with those. And it's like a Native American uh, really? version of, of what like what they would be eating, okay. uh, what they would have eaten back in the day. And it's really good. And so it's got the, the, like the Native American, I think they call it the three sisters. It's like corn, beans, and squash. Okay. Um, that was the three, that was the three staples that sure. they kind of had. Yeah. Uh, and so you take that and with the Sharpie, make a broth with, from the bones and off you go. And it's fantastic. It's really, really good. That's like, that's like one of my favorite. I, I love soups and stews in the wintertime. So like, that's what I live on. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Huh. And everybody says the Sharpies are strong and gamey and all that kind of stuff. Um, not necessarily. So. Is it the same thing though? Is it just how you cook them and how you handle them? I think it's how you handle them. Okay. Um, I think with, um, and this is my, my thought anyways, like on prairie chickens and Sharpies are like, um, a cousin 
to prairie chicken. Okay. It's like you take a prairie chicken and just make a couple little modifications and That's it's a it. Sharpie. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, um, and they both, I mean, if you just take a slice of it, throw it on, fry it and eat it, it's going to be a strong flavor. Right. Um, but if you cook it right, you know, handle it right. And like I always clean the bird right away. Like when we get a bird, like if, if I don't stop and pull the innards out right then, it's there's usually something else going on or something that I want to get to right quick because I do it that quickly. Okay. Um, and just get them cleaned right there and put it back in the game bag and off you go. So in the, say, 11 days of hunting? Came yeah, out? 11, I don't know, 11, 10, yeah, something like that, 11, 12, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. How many birds you get? We brought back, we ate a few while we were up there. Um, that's got to be an awesome that's experience. Fun. Yeah, mm. for, for sure. That's always a lot of fun. Um, but I think we brought back like, I want to say 13 Sharpies and some, we shot some, some Hungarian partridge, some Huns. We got some of those mm -hmm. as well. There's like a quail. I've never seen one of those. Okay. They're, 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 it's kind of like the Montana version of quail. They're in a cubby um, and all that kind of stuff. And they're super cool birds. Does Montana have a version of the meadow lark? Uh, they have metal larks. They have, oh, they have metal larks themselves. Okay. Yeah. Guess I'll yeah. stay away. Yeah. Because I won't go out there bird hunting. Um, so, yeah. so, so they're super cool birds though. And so, yeah, we brought back a nice amount to make a bunch of pots of soup with. Cool. So yeah, I'm pretty happy. In fact, we're probably going to have some tomorrow. So and I've got some thawing out right now to, to put in. So stew is your favorite thing to do with grouse? Yeah. Yes. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I like that a lot. How um, much meat do you get off grouse? It's like a pheasant. It's like a okay. slightly, if it's like a small pheasant, Okay, that, that's kind of a, that's the prairie chicken Sharpie grouse kind of thing. Do you know what the limit per day was up there? Um, it was, oh man, it's either three or four. Per? Per person. Okay. Um, I think it's three. Ugh, that's just off the top of my head. I can't remember for sure. It's something like that. Because people who don't like eating their birds, like I always want to tell them some of my favorite sausages or specifically snack sticks that we've made was pheasant. Mm -hmm. Like we made a pheasant once with, uh, Willie's pork fat and I added something else to it. I can't remember what it was, but it was phenomenal. They're great. And then they're absolutely great. Hatch green chili. We made the bratwurst out yeah. of them. They were incredible. And then this last time, uh, from the birds we brought back from Colby, I made a, uh, cream cheese mix then i wrapped it in bacon and the secret apparently is prosciutto oh really oh my god like huh bacon wrapped is good prosciutto and bacon wrapped is absolutely next level during the podcast i must have eaten 12 of them like i just kept grabbing more and more and more and i think austin and patrick both held themselves to like one or two i look down they're all gone i'm like i ate all of those oh yeah yeah pheasant is really good to to, to cook with eat yeah. with all that kind of stuff yeah it's it's super i started to say it's easy to use you can you can dry it out really quickly mm -hmm. you know like you can a lot of things that are lean but uh it's not any different than anything else really on that regard but yeah it, it has such a I feel like it has a very complimentary flavor to a lot of things. It really does. Yeah, it's a nice, mind. like, white, lighter colored yep. meat. It, yep. It's easy to do. Um, just from a taste perspective, I probably prefer quail. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's just such little amount of meat. <laughs> such little meat. But the, you know, but And the, so hard to hit. <laughs> it goes so fast. Actually, they're slower than pheasants. That's not true at it all. It is. 
they're quicker, huh. but they're slower. Okay. If you know what I'm saying. They, oh. they, they come out of the gates quicker. They're a sprinter. This is proven. Yeah, yeah oh. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're a sprinter. They're going to come out. They're like full oh, yeah. speed instantly. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about watching pheasant fly away and they way faster than quail. Yeah. It's just that they take longer to get up to that speed. Yep. Huh. Yep. So that's there you go. Interesting. Yep. So you know, you got the, that is the one thing about quail, like their, their speed is pretty much constant. You know, the, when you get a rooster that gets up out there and gets out of ways, like they are really cooking. Mm. They're going to have to like increase your lead a bunch and all that kind of stuff. But you know, quail are pretty much going to go the speed that they're going to go. So you just get the, figure out the right, the right lead and then you're, you're good to go. Same thing happens to me every time I go bird hunting as happens to me when I go, uh, sporting clay shooting is about halfway through. I remember, no, you can't stop the gun. You have to keep it moving. And then everything gets way better. Yeah. But it's that first half where it's like, why can't I hit anything? Yep. And it's like, oh, cause yep. you're stupid. Keep, keep swinging. You're stupid. So you camped out every night there? Yeah. Or most nights there? Yeah. Yeah. Just on the, you know, like I said, there's some BLM land Bureau of land management, mm -hmm. uh, stuff out up there, like all over the place. So you get your little map out and find a place to stay and and we we found a spot that we really like um it's way off the beaten path um and we tend to go back there pretty much every time we go up there okay um and it's, it's fun. like we're we are a real oddity to, to all the farmers and ranchers around there and so all of them stop by after a few days they're all kind of like looking out of the corner of their eye you yeah. know and the first couple of days like what are those crazy people doing um and then they go oh yeah it's those crazy folks from kansas and so then they start <laughs> stopping in and talking to us and stuff and that's cool yeah it's a lot of fun we got to know most of them in the area now so it's a lot of fun i imagine the night sky up there has got to be something to see it is incredible because yeah. we are nowhere near a town of any size at all, all. Right. um and so it's, it's a wonderful wonderful show it's it's a it's a reason to get up in the middle of the night if you get an extra nap or something in the afternoon get up in the middle of the night check out the stars for a while yeah, I've always, not always, but I, I, I miss that. Even being in Wichita, there's so much light pollution that you really, I mean, you got to drive, yeah, drive an a hour ways. or so to be able to see anything. Yep. Well, to be able to see anything great. Um, but it is, there's a reason that they came up with all those constellations yeah. and because oh. they stared at it forever and just were amazed yep. by it. Yeah, one of my, one of our favorite pictures we've ever taken up there is of a, a moon coming up over the prairie out there and it was a super moon night or whatever it was and i mean okay. it looked like you could just like reach out and touch uh -huh. it it was just right there and it was just a it was a pretty cool pretty cool moment seeing that whole thing now you're out mostly on the plains yes okay absolutely yeah so we're not we're too worried there. about bears no zero zero worries about that okay. um always got serenaded at night by lots and lots of coyotes so i was like that <laughs> um had a couple of close ones a few times that was kind of fun so um, but yeah, no bears because we're always out in the plains. Did you hear about the bear in Tennessee or not the bear, the dog in Tennessee? No. So it's a, um, what is it? They're the oh, great Pyrenees guarding sheep mm -hmm. killed eight coyotes. Is that right? Who were, yeah. So the owner came <laughs> out and he's like, the dog was in there. He has two dogs. Both of them were in the pen with the sheep. One of them had him backed up into the corner protecting him. And this one was just running around killing coyotes. It's like, <laughs> so he, then that dog came over the fence and started killing them outside the fence. And he said they had like a half hour running battle 
up and down this creek. Wow. And then the dog disappeared for two days to like go hide and lick its wounds and stuff. Right. He's like, when it got back, they were missing, it was missing part of its tail. Like he's like, it, it looked like someone had tried to skin it. He's like, but we found, I can't remember if he said eight or nine dead coyotes. That's amazing. Yeah. I love hearing stories well like done. that. Yeah. Well done, dog. I hate coyotes. They annoy don't, me. Don't hate them. Yeah. They've got a place. Scavenger? I mean, there's enough birds that could probably mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're scavengers. They can eat all the other smaller critters. Yeah. Maybe get rid of some of the skunks and coons and stuff like that. I'd rather have skunks around than coyotes. <laughs> no, um, that's one I hate. <laughs> yeah, my dog is a freaking idiot with them twice, maybe three times now. Um, bald eagles are back mm -hmm. here. Yep. Every time... I swear to you, like we walk, I let my dogs off the leash and we walk in this field every day. Brutus will see it before anybody else and he doesn't want to go anywhere near it. He will stop on the end, edge of the field and just look at it. And he's like, mm -mm, that's not supposed to be there and that's big. Because <laughs> I'm big, but that thing's big and I don't want to go. They are big. He will wait till it flies off to mm -hmm. like come with even 500 yards of nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, those things are really, really big. My, my favorite bald eagle encounter was up in Minnesota. We were, we took a, another couple up there one time and we caught a bunch of fish. And so the other guy and I paddled over across the lake to clean a bunch of fish. So we weren't doing it right there in camp. And two bald eagles got in a fight right above us trying to, to see who was going to be there for the Get fish the, scraps. Yeah. <laughs> and they were literally mid, like midair fighting. Like, That's awesome. Just like 20 yards above us. That was pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> that was amazing. A little, a little unnerving, you know, thinking, I hope they don't you oh, know, yeah. start coming after me to get my fish. Your talons, yeah. that'd tear you up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that pretty bad. cool. I don't know that that's ever been documented that an eagle has attacked a person. I wouldn't, but, well, a golden but, eagle. But when they're 20 yards away from you, you have thoughts like that. Close enough. You know? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> that's right. For sure. For sure. You want another beer? Um, I still have a little left. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to grab one. Okay, well, since you're there. There you go. You want one of those or the browns? I'll take another one of these. This sure. is this one's kind of growing on me. I'll, um, yeah. It's not bad. Nothing bad about it. It's just... Yeah, I like it. Great. All right, so those <clears throat> are the good hunting stories. Yeah, yeah, those were good. Unfortunately, that didn't continue too much did it ah thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had uh we, we had a few others that were not quite so good um in fact we had on our well one that we had that was not, it was a beautiful day is one is awesome uh we re recorded our uh podcast episode with the upland game forecast um me and jeff hancock that that does the podcast mm -hmm. and Jeff Prendergast, who's the the wildlife and parks guy that is in charge of pheasant and quail for the state. We went prairie chicken hunting and uh, went to a great looking spot and just walked a long ways and never saw one. Never shot at anything. No, yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, but man, it was a great looking spot. I mean, and and Prendergast said that he's talked to guys that have seen chickens on there before. So, but there was one little part of it that we didn't go back into. So I'm sure that's where they were. They all ran, of course. No, prairie chickens are runner, right? No, they, I mean they run some. They're not like a pheasant. Not that bad. No, okay. they um, they. I always kind of think of them as almost like an antelope. Uh, they use the same kind of defense mechanism as an antelope does. Like they have 
they always up they're always up high so that they can see and if they see something coming they're gone gone yeah and so they use their vision okay um a lot more as a defense mechanism i think hmm. than other birds do it's just kind of their you know they're a prairie bird um and so they can get up on something that's a little bit higher and they can see so then they just fly, and they, they fly a long ways if they get up then they're just gone um but later in the season that's really true early in the season it's not as bad sometimes you can get back into them what are they more focused on earlier in the season mating or um no like in in sept like the prairie chicken season runs currently from september 15 to the end of january i think it is now okay again check their eggs yep. it always changes but um but so early in the season like september and october they are in like little smaller groups like family groups of like five or six usually um and they they like to stay close to, to one another a little bit and so they'll hold pretty good for dogs um and they are normally in like they're always in, the, the thing that's weird about about prairie chickens and sharp-tailed grouse is like around here you want to like get out and bust the brush to get the birds <laughs> up and all that kind of stuff if you're thinking like that for prairie chickens or sharpies you're not going to find any um, because they're in stuff that's about this tall. Okay. Um, which is one of the reasons I love to hunt um, Sharpies because you can see your dogs. Um, yeah. Really, You can see them really well up in Montana because the grass is all about like that. So you can see your dog working and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's wonderful. And the same thing pretty well holds true for prairie chickens here. Um, you can see your dogs work. It's a lot, a lot more fun. I enjoy that part of it a lot. Um, so yeah, so it's, you're not having to bust through the brush and all that kind of stuff. You're just out having a nice walk. It's very hilly usually. Um, but it's shorter stuff to walk through. See who, the people we go with, at, uh, Colby, we've gone with the same family the last couple of years. I think I made it fairly clear the first year that I like going through, like, yeah, send me through whatever's toughest. I'm like, I'll just like keep <laughs> pushing through it. Like that yeah. to me is, I think they use me more like a dog than a hunter. Like, yeah, get in there and push those birds out. Why is we know you can't hit anything. So, you know, <laughs> just go for it. But all right. But how big is a prairie chicken? And they're, they're smaller than a pheasant, just oh. a little bit smaller than a pheasant. So if it's in something this high, it's almost, you could see it. Yeah, but you can't. But you can't. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you can be right on top of them and can't hardly see them. Hmm. It's like pheasant and quail and stuff. You know, you can be like, they can be right there in front of you and you can't see them. Huh. Um, but yeah, they, they, you know, they have, they've survived all these millennia for a reason. They're well camouflaged for the stuff that they live in. Fair point. Um, so yeah, but they're, they're awesome birds. Uh, prairie chickens and sharpies are both great. But yeah, so we walked our legs off that day. Um, didn't see a bird. Did a podcast talking about how terrible the bird hunt was going to be in kansas this year <laughs> as we had just proven <laughs> and uh yeah the drought really really knocked the bird numbers down this yeah. year for sure <clears throat> but um but yeah so that we did that one and then uh um late the, i think the hunt after that was i have a son-in-law that wanted to go elk hunting this year so uh was the first time he'd hunted anything so that was pretty cool to start out kind of going for something big and i feel like that's a big swing on your first yeah yeah like you and i talk my goal was always more birds than a deer and probably honestly next year deer too and then maybe 2024 yep. go after an elk yeah and that, i mean that's what tip, typically folks do um he was ready to jump in with both feet so i'm like all right we'll go we'll go do that so 
we went and, uh, man, had a tough hunt. Yeah. I mean, it was tough. It was super, super cold. Um, and we didn't, I saw a cow elk, we had bull elk tag and, uh, I saw a cow elk for about two seconds. That was it. And that's the only elk we saw. And then we heard him. There was one night we, we heard him coming through. Um, I was guessing it was, I mean, it's hard to say how many there are as they're walking through at night and all that kind of stuff. But I was guessing, you know, it was a herd of, I don't know, 10, um, okay. eight or 10 cows and sounded like there was maybe a couple of young bulls with them, um, which is kind of standard. We were hunting the second rifle season in Colorado. Um, and so they've been picked on a little bit, you know, by that time. And this was about halfway through the season. Um, and we heard them coming through at night, you know, the cows were, the cows were chirping back and forth at each other and the bulls were kind of doing teenager sounding <laughs> bugles. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, but, uh, but at that, at, right at that um, uh, day when they came through there that night and that day, there was no snow on the ground. There wasn't very much. We got snowed on like either two or three times. I don't remember while we were up there, but the day that they came through, it had all melted off or the night that it, I keep saying day, the night they came through, um, it had all melted off and I'm not the world's greatest tracker. Right. So, so, um, I was able to follow them for a little ways and then that lost was it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, snow sure yeah, does so we, make that easier. Yeah. But they, um, yeah, it does. It was, I, I love being out in fresh snow, just looking at all the tracks and everything is just so much fun. But yeah, we hit it pretty hard. Um, it's a, it's a nine day season. There was a big windstorm that came through and the good part about where we hunted was, um, it was the place that we hunted, like it was like an hour and a half from where we camped to their front door. Oh, um, so it was pretty sweet that way. So there was this big storm coming in. So we hunted as long as we could, um, jumped in the vehicles, drove home so we didn't have to just lay in the tent and get pounded. Right. Um, and then when the windstorm was gone, we came back. So we missed about a day there. Um, but we were out there the rest of the time. It was cold. So basically nine days. Yeah, we were out there. I, I think. I think we were out there probably a total of seven. Okay, seven, That's, seven and a half, and, something like that. And it was cold. And seeing I mean, one for a minute. Yeah, the, yeah. The high point for me, uh, with since there was not any elk to really get excited about. Sure. Um, one of the mornings that it had when it had just snowed, we were sneaking up through the forest and stuff, and and uh, and came across some. Very, very fresh mountain lion tracks. <laughs> and that was super cool. Oh, yeah. I really got a kick out of that. Um, that was super cool because I got down and, and looked around the the prints and everything, and you could still see where the snow had like puffed out when they around it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it was that is very fresh. Yeah, it was it was nice and fresh. Uh, I really got a kick out of that. So I I told my son, I was like, we're out here hunting the same thing that that guy is. Mm -hmm. So he knows this, this is his home court. Let's follow him and see where he's going. And so we just followed that cat's trail through the forest. Very um, good plan. And uh, <clears throat> followed it as long as we could anyway. And, uh, and then it went down a cliff. Something that, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, we're Humans not doing can't that. Go down. That's right. No. Oh. <laughs> so, so that ended that little deal, but, uh, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. My daughter actually came up, um, because I we were up there, my daughter and I were up there for a couple of days, just kind of looking around, trying to figure stuff like logistically out uh, to hunt the area before my son-in-law came up. And man, the first night up there, it was 
it was well below zero mm. and there was some wind nice. and it was just, it was brutal. That's not fun. It was brutal. That's probably like the coldest night I've been out, like out in the wild, out in the woods, you know, someplace. It was, it was really cold. So, uh, but we made it through that and, uh, had done some scouting that day. did a little bit more the next day and, and, uh, so yeah, kind of figured out the area a little bit and then proceeded to just walk around for apparently no strike reason. Out. For strike out. <laughs> but that happens. It happens. It happens. Um, with the mountain line, at least you didn't see those tracks double back on you. That's correct. That would have been concerning. I don't yeah. know how I would have reacted yeah, to that. that. Would, yeah, when you when the hunter becomes the hunted. Yeah, that's not know, that's a that's, that's not great. It's a different deal. It's a bad feeling. Um, I am seeing way more stories about human interactions with mountain lions in the last like two years or so yeah feels like i don't know if we're pressuring them like going into their territory if they're getting pushed out because the numbers have increased well and you think about it like where where do new houses get built like if you're in a mountainous area they get they're going out into the woods more and more and more um and that's pushing out into their stuff Okay. So does, do you know, does anybody do a sense, no, census um, of mountain lion, like population? Oh, I'm sure they They're do. trying to track it. I wonder if it's on, on the decline or, or increase. No, I think it's on the increase. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. So, I mean, juveniles getting pushed out yep. I and mean, they're going to have to find somewhere, yep. somewhere to be. Yep. Um, so yeah, that. I, I think you're right though. I think there are more mountain lion human interactions oh yeah than than what certainly than what used to be now granted i pay way more attention to it now than i used to yeah. so but i'm um, just the number of times it pops up on my regular news feed it's right shocking yep yep yeah it's you know it's always it's always fun to think oh man and i've seen i've seen mountain lions out in the wild i think twice um <clears throat> and um but it's fun i mean like I saw like a full grown adult apparently because it was was it Tom? Yeah, uh, it was running. Okay. I don't know, but it was it was a big animal. Yeah, it was a big animal. Uh, it was impressive. And uh, where was this? In, in Colorado, um, I think that one was in Rocky Mountain National Park. I think. Um, yeah, I think that was that one. Um, but it's also funny to think about like there was the jogger up by. Uh, I think he's up by Horsetooth Reservoir, up by Fort Collins. This has been like four or five years ago. And this juvenile cat, juvenile mountain lion, like attacked him. Okay. And dude took care of it. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it's like funny to think about that. Like, I think of that giant, you know, that big full-sized animal mm -hmm. that I saw. I was like, there's no way that I'm surviving an attack by that thing. I mean, you're supposed to fight them, you know, if they attack you. But um, he, but, that one was far from an adult yeah it was, yeah, a, it was a very small it was a cat. youngster yeah. for sure but yeah. it's always just like in my mind i'm always like man how'd that guy do that but yeah, yeah you gotta scale it back a little bit right. from what right. i always think of <laughs> now let me be very clear i'm not taking anything away from that guy because no listen a small house cat yeah. can put up a fight a bobcat i would way rather not tangle with yeah a small mountain lion would prefer to run away <laughs> as opposed to getting into any fight with it yeah but i mean the difference between that and a full grown, you know, 200 pound male mountain lion is 
night and day. Yeah. Yeah, but. for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I was, when I saw that, those tracks in the snow, the first thing I, I heard game biology with BHA stuff. I've talked to a lot of game biologists and stuff now. Luckily, I like that a lot. They're good guys, good people. I shouldn't say guys, <laughs> people. Um, but but they always say, oh, yeah, people always think they see mountain lions and it's just a big bobcat, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And so I heard, I was hearing that like in the back of my head as I was looking at those tracks in the snow. I was like, now, is this really a mountain lion or is this just a bobcat and I'm getting carried away and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff? And, uh, and but I was like, but they were like, they were, yeah. they were, they're, they were big tracks. And then later on, later on that same morning, <clears throat> we ran across some bobcat tracks. And I was like, okay, hey. there, there is a difference. There's that one and there's that one. Now, for how big a bobcat is, it still does have big paws. Yes. Like, absolutely. But it's not the same size as a mountain lion. No. No. Uh, I say this as if I have a ton of experience with mountain lions, but <laughs> I did get a little bit obsessed for a while when I thought I saw one near our house. So I did a, a bunch of looking up on how the tracks are plus my big dog his paws are ridiculous size so if he'll walk through mud and we come back a day or two later i always look at him like no it's, it's <laughs> like oh maybe there is one around maybe. here <laughs> always yeah. weird so, hope so yeah we hit it hard uh i don't have any thoughts that we didn't hunt hard enough on that elk hunt we hit it hard um and got into some good places yeah um we saw it was interesting. The first day that we were out there, we saw this, we'd gone way back in there and, and we saw three people that were walking through this on this little sort of road kind of thing that was off a ways from us, but we saw three people and we kept thinking, oh, maybe they're going to spook something over to us. Cause we were, we were a ways away from them and, uh, we kept thinking that. And then like, we kept seeing, it was that from that same group, like the first day we saw three people. The next day we saw two people <laughs> and then the next day we saw one person like, yeah. and then after that we didn't see any of them, but, they but we, didn't see, we didn't see any elk either. So yeah. I don't know that we were doing anything great, but that was kind of interesting to see, yeah. the, see the numbers get smaller each day. That was kind of fun. Uh, that's what, that's <laughs> what happens. Um, now he had you, so that obviously is a huge advantage, but do you think there was anything from a, like a, his inexperience that. No. Played into it all? No. No. It, this no. was my call. So I screwed up. <laughs> like I picked a bad area. I yeah. feel like okay. you know, I, I, mean, I could have, and you never know. Right. You know, but, and, uh, but there, we had a, we had a long conversation about halfway through about, yeah, maybe we should like, cause I had, I had, I had sort of scouted a couple of other places that I thought would be pretty good. I mean, we had several places in the little area that we were in, but then we could have also gone to a whole different part of the unit. Um, and you know, hindsight's 2020 it's like yeah we should have gone up there but who knows right who i mean we heard elk coming through walking right by camp one night you know so we weren't terribly wrong just didn't get into them so that happens that is frustrating though it is very frustrating it is but uh yeah so luckily i still have a little bit of elk meat from last year in my freezer so i'm still okay wish so, i had a lot more <laughs> for you it's absolutely elk then deer Yes. Okay. As far as what I prefer Quality. to eat. Yeah yeah. 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 I mean, I love eating deer. Right. I have zero problems eating deer. That's for sure. But yeah, elk's a little better. Okay. I like it a little bit more. Oh, yeah. They're all, I, I throw uh, antelope in there too. 
I, I love eating antelope just as much as, as the other ones. Every time I think of the fact that there's antelope here, it makes me think of that one thing. Anytime you bring up some project, I always say, those aren't the idiots who want to bring back the, <laughs> it's like the Serengeti or the West or something there's, like that. Yeah, the Serengeti, but the American Serengeti, like, I don't know. It doesn't I, feel I, like. There's so many of those groups that have something like that in their name. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, no, antelope are, they're all over the place in uh, Wyoming. Like Wyoming's yeah, got, what's that? When we drove up to yeah. Missoula, we saw them nonstop. Yep. Does not feel like that's an American animal. They look more like an African animal. They look and sound like that, to, in my mind, is an African animal. Yeah. Are they native to here? Or did somebody yep. bring them over a no, long time they are, ago? Those are absolutely native. 100% native. The American pronghorn. Yep. Huh. Yep. They are absolutely. And they are such an interesting animal. It's like they're not related to hardly anything. They're their own kind of deal. They're not a, just a deer? No. They are They are a whole different species than deer. They're absolutely not a deer. They're not a member of the deer uh, family or whatever. What is it, it that would possibly separate them out from a deer? One thing is their antlers versus horns, horns thing. Okay. They've got they've got the horns, I guess it is. Yeah. That are that are not bone. They're technically like hair. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean they're they're. So they're, those don't fall off every year. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on this. No, that's fine. I should know that. Well, like a really rhino's horn doesn't fall off. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. Rem I sitting here right now after a beer sure. and other stuff going on. I don't happen. I can't remember. Cut. So whatever. Huh. But you know they're they're awesome. And a lot of people say that they're not that good to eat. Um, again, it's how you handle them. Um, they have a very high metabolism, so you gotta you gotta get those moving, taken care of in a hurry. And oh. humble, and, you, and it's usually usually not always, but usually a little warmer when you're doing an antelope hunt. Um, so you put that a little warmer weather on top of on top of a high metabolism in the animal, and like, yeah, you gotta move quick. <clears throat> so deer elk anything like that are you do you hang do you hang your meat or you just go right away you know i have i've, I've tried that okay I've, I've done that whole experiment and i can like you i feel like you can dry age in your in your refrigerator like that's what i do um because a lot anymore i i do the what's called the gutless method when i when i cut up deer like i don't pull all the innards out anymore um I just don't. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what are you talking about? What do you do? <laughs> uh, I quarter them. Um, okay. So like you take, uh, like we, uh, you can take off a back leg and then you take off a front leg and then you take out the back strap and that's most of it right there. You know, then you got a few little pieces here and there to clean up, but leave all the, leave all the guts in there. Um, and the reason why I do that is, um, chronic wasting disease, uh, in deer. Okay. Um, the, uh, that is like going to be a problem, like a big problem in Kansas. Sure. Um, it's, it's spread, it's here, it's all over the state and it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it, uh, it's a bad deal. Like the numbers in the Western part of the state, the numbers of deer are sharply declining right now. Um, and they think that's why, um, but that's, but the, again, the game biologists, um, always say that chronic wasting disease moves at 55 miles an hour because it's you and me that's spreading the disease. Uh, hunters go out to Western Kansas, shoot a deer, bring it back to, to Wichita, cut it up. And then they're like, hey, I'll just drive outside of town and 
drop it in a ditch, some drop the carcass in a ditch and the coyotes will clean it up. Okay. If that animal has CWD, you just put CWD here in Wichita, here in, in, in Sedgwick County or whatever, because it's in the, it's in the, that particular disease mm-hmm. is in the, in the brain and the spinal, spinal fluid. Yeah. Okay. So. And so but it goes that, into the soil. That's the thing. It's crazy. It's a crazy disease. But it's if a, I'm out in Benton, I shoot my deer, I gut it right there. What the coyote's going to eat stays in Benton. Doesn't mm-hmm. come back to me with the carcass. But the, but the disease is in the, in the uh, spinal column. And then I'm throwing that out. And you're putting that. Like if you take it, I'm, and I'm just saying that's what sure. a, you know. A lot of guys do. They just drive out in the country and yeah. they'll dump, and then you've put CWD in that in that county. And so if you if what hmm. you do is you quarter it right where you kill it, um, then if it has CWD, at least it just stays right there. And that's the current theory. It's a it's a complicated situation. It's and there's some people that there's people that think that CWD is not a problem. Um, and there's all kinds of internet, internet stuff. Yeah, but, uh, I haven't met any of those yeah, people. But, uh, but there are some of those people. But um, but yeah, that's what I... So, A, for, for deer, I do it for that reason um, on deer. And to be honest, I also practice for elk um, because gotcha. if, I, if I shoot an elk, it's probably going to be a long ways from uh, any place. Uh-huh. And I have to be able to process it out in the field. And so doing it with a deer Fair point. is good practice. Yep. Um, and I always have my, my backpack with me. So I just pack out my deer, my, the pieces of deer uh, meat that I have. And I, I've, I've done it enough now that I bone it out right there. Like I walk out of the field with boneless meat. And then I can take that, what started this whole discussion, <laughs> and then I can take that home and put that in my refrigerator. Um, and age it that way. Cause we were talking about, do I hang, do I uh-huh. hang it and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've dry aged that way, just like in my refrigerator at home. Um, just letting it sit there. I know that, that, you know, oh, you know, you have to let it hang so that it releases and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I'm, I don't buy that. Right. Um, but so yeah, I've dry aged stuff in my refrigerator. I don't really see, unless you do it for a long time and you like that really funky aged like the funky age, like yeah. the blue cheese kind of yeah. uh, feeling. Um, Which I, I, don't. I don't see that much yeah. different. Yeah, and I don't either. And Not so I played around with all that stuff. And now I put it in there, let it cool out, let it firm up really good. And then I cut it up. Plus, as so. soon as you take that uh, hide off and start dry aging it, you're losing. Mm-hmm. Like that meat is dehyd- or evaporating. All the moisture is evaporating out of it. Yeah, fine. The enzymes are more tender or <clears throat> tenderizing the meat in the inside. But you're losing quantity yep. to change the quality. I wouldn't even say improve, just change. Just change it. I, I think that's a fair statement. I mm. really do. Yeah. And we had, you know, we had our deer processing uh, clinic here at Walton's. What was that? A month ago or something like yeah. that, maybe. Something. And we talked. I showed a video at that deal about how to how to um, do do the gutless method on deer. Um, and so, and it's a it's a it's a YouTube video by Randy Newberg. <clears throat> he does a really good job of it. So if anybody wants to see that, check that out. It's easy to find. But it's it's a super easy way. I think anymore, I think it's easier than the traditional method. Okay. I, I just think it's super easy. And I mean, especially if you just like are pulling off the legs and you don't have that far to go. 
it's a piece of cake. You can take it home easily in a cooler. Um, you don't have the whole mess at home of hanging it up and, you know, doing all the stuff that you got to do. And it's just easy. What are you losing out though? You, how are you getting the neck meat? That's got to be hard on the ground. Not really. No? Um, no, you can, what you do is you skin it half at a time. Like you do the top half, bottom like, half. Let's sure. say the right half of yep. the deer. Uh, and then, so you just do that part. And then uh, I always, I always, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it works pretty well. Hmm. I always bring like a trash bag or like one of our BHA guys brings a, like a cheap shower curtain <clears throat> and lays that out. Yeah. And then you can use that to Makes put sense. the stuff on as you're, as you're cutting it off to keep it clean. After you do it a couple of times, it's easier than the other way. You got to do it. You got to do it a couple of times to kind of get the, get the rhythm of it and stuff. Um, but it's easier. And do you have a, a good, like actual deer skinning knife? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've got my knife that I've had forever. Um, I've, it's my field. Yeah. I used to, you know, do the regular method with that mm -hmm. same knife. It's nothing special. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and you can use the, you know, we've had the discussion before about the, scalpel type knives that mm -hmm. some guys like to use out in the field. And I'm not one of those guys. I like a, I like a nice strong blade um, because there's pieces in there where you need to get a little leverage going. Um, so. Well, just I, for I like skinning, that. I use the, our lamb, we have lamb skinning knives. Exactly. From Victorian. So it was awesome. Those are perfect. Yeah. It's not that sharp. Nope. Like, I mean, you can <laughs> cut through and I did um, a time or two, but in general, it's going to do most of the work for you just right. as you're pushing it down. Yeah. And when, when I was in my dad's process and shop where we cut up, you know, a gajillion deer. Mm -hmm. That's what we used was a lamp skinner for to to skin it and and do most of the work. Um, that's what we used all the time on a on a deer. So yeah, that's that's a great that's a great knife. Just a like the yeah. five inch lamp skinner. Yep, five um, inch. Yep. Yeah, and and that's just a yeah. That's a great that's a great tool to use for that. I do like to have uh, like like in that in that um, video that I was just talking about. Um, uh, the guy that does that one, he likes to have two knives. He likes the little scalpely thing to do most of the stuff with. But then um, there's a couple of places where you have to like pop a tendon or something. Right. Um, and you need a little leverage. Right. And you don't want to break off one of those little scalpel no, blades in there. No, those are flying. Yeah. 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 And that's why, that's why, that's my big problem with them. Um, I, I'm not the most delicate dude in the world. Um, and so, and so wow. I would, I, I just don't trust me at all. I would snap those things like crazy and then there's a problem. It's interesting. Sometimes I look at you and just can see an older version of myself. Like I've said, how like many times older? have I said, I'm not a careful person. I'm not good at like detail. It's just, there we go. This is not the shirt I started wearing today. There's blood all over it. Um, so that's, that's, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but that clinic, by the way, that we held here, that was, yeah. that was so cool. That was, we, we've had like big ones, like you put on a summer sausage, clinic here that was mm -hmm. super well attended last January. Um, I have no idea what time is anymore. Yeah, I hear you. I, I looked like I actually prepared <laughs> for this today. <laughs> we did two of them in January and then we did this one in, in uh, November and the January ones um, were really, really well attended. Um, and this one we had in November, uh, we tried some different things with it and there was like eight guys there. Right. And, um, which would seem like, oh, that's too bad. And yeah, we didn't raise any money, but what we had was like a whole group of people who had never cut up a deer in their life. Yep. 
Never, never had touched really a deer to cut it up at all. Most of them had at least shot a deer. Some of them hadn't even shot a deer yet. Um, and so then taking like a small group like that and working like intensely with them and having a couple of them get in there and, you know, cut stuff up themselves and all that kind of stuff. I, I found that like teaching that thing, like oh, yeah. that was super rewarding yep. um, because those, those people left like, like they knew what they, the, I could just tell everyone I'm we're like, yeah, I can do this. And so that was really cool. So thanks for giving us a place to do that. Yeah, you know, that I mean, was that was awesome. I think that's all we did that time. <laughs> I, I don't think I was involved at all in that one. I just I like, came in and stole one of your knives. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. I'll see you later. So yeah. So that's I, obviously uh, we've done some smaller classes. Um, we had a guy come in. He does some financial stuff, and for like his group. He wanted to have them teach or have them be taught how to make sausage. And we know him through another right. way anyways. But like initially he's like, yeah, it's going to be like 26 people. And then on like the day of or maybe the day before, he's like, yeah, I think it's like 10 mm-hmm. now. It's like, oh, that's so much better. Yeah. Like, we're going to have such a better time with less people. And yeah, like, for sure. Can let everybody try something, show them exactly what to do. Yeah, it's fun. You know, the the 50 class that we had in uh in january still my favorite story of the year for for bha purposes came out of one of one of those classes because it was a it was a father and son that came to um the how to cut up a deer class Mm -hmm. that we did and it was on a saturday morning and they went out with outdoor mentors that afternoon and uh, the son shot a deer and they took it home and then they cut it up on sunday morning I mean, that's and pretty perfect. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And the even the punchline beyond that is about a month later, that father and son showed up at a conservation project that we did out at El Dorado State Park. And they came, they were already like thinking that they needed to give back, um, which I think was just, oh. that was like, ooh, pulling at the heartstrings. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. That is great. That was, that was awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah, Full was, circle. Yeah, it was. Oh. So that was, that was super, super cool. Yeah. Um, Mike has, uh, been, a, we had him in here, I don't know, maybe two months ago for a short little thing on one of his giveaways. Um, he's been drawing a lot of names that aren't me for his gun of the week. It's just every time I well, saw you, it today, I was just you like, need, oh. you need to buy more tickets. Bro. No, I can't buy more tickets. I spend, talk to Mike. He'll tell you that. Just in thing. case my wife watches this, I spend money, maybe not too much, but probably too much trying to win those things. Um, but I am buying, uh, this last time I went out to Colby convinced me finally that over unders are for sporting clays and they're just they're not the best in the field. So, really? okay. Yeah. I just got sick of having to, cause we cut way more quail than pheasant, like okay. way more quail than pheasant. Okay. It's just, they're up and they're everywhere. Right. And I'm a bit of a panicker. <laughs> like my initial, like two or three seconds is mostly me trying to get my heart rate back, like <laughs> down. And that initial like adrenaline surge under control. Then it's where are all the dogs? And you know, so a couple extra shots would help. Um, I'm looking at a Benelli A300 okay. or a CZ1012. Okay. Do you have any opinions on? I don't. Okay. I'm, I'm of the other opinion. Um, you like an over-under? Actually, I- You I just should, want it to be more difficult, though. You're way I, more experienced hunter than I, I shoot know. a side-by-side. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Brett, Brett saw that. So they were giving one of those away at Colby. I go, why would you want that? 
And Brett's like, are you kidding me? It's awesome. I'm like, no, it's not. It is not awesome. Do you really hunt with side by side? That's literally like the gun that I shoot on 99% of the times I pull a trigger. <laughs> I love that gun. I have no idea it's why. It's a side by side what? What's it's, the model? It's a Browning. Okay. And it's just called I mean, a BSS, Browning side by side. Okay. Um, it's old. Um, it's beat up kind of like me. And, uh, so we get along real well. Um, and actually it was a present that I bought for myself when I made partner in my law firm okay. and the big law firm. That so I was it's in got for a while. some, it's got some meaning to me and all that kind uh -huh. of stuff. But I seriously, man, I, I, I love that gun. I thought I, making partner was sorry to interrupt was only like in movies. Like every time you see a lawyer, I'm no, it's gonna, a thing. Believe partner. me, man. <laughs> it's just good. That it's refreshing to know it's actually yeah, it, it is, it's a real thing. <laughs> when you got no connections nowhere and you did it all yourself, it's like yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> okay. But so yeah, I love that gun. I really do. I think, and the reason that I like it, um, and everybody's got their own opinions, and I get that. And yeah, you only get two shots. Um, most of the time, if you're shooting a third time, it's only because you're pissed off because you missed the first two. <laughs> and that's a true statement. You're, they're usually gone by that time, and you're just throwing some lead out in the air <clears throat> with a hope and a prayer. And that's it. Yeah, that might be fair, but still, that but it makes you feel feels better. good. Yeah. It feels, yeah. Oh, yeah. It. I'm still, yeah, pulling the trigger again. But I mean, for the most part, you're going to get it in the first two shots, but get we, a bird, or you're not. We busted. And it's usually over by that time. But we busted a covey in. Um, Colby and both my first two shots quail straight down. Mm -hmm. If I'd had a third shot, could have gotten another one. You'd ruined. Now that is a total lie. Yeah, I absolutely it. never <laughs> dropped two on two shots. That did not happen. So yeah, see, I believed you. Come but on, it, man. If it did happen, and <clears throat> then I have that third opportunity, it's a little bit better. Plus, I don't know if I'm getting just older and like softer, but I'm kind of sick of just eating that shot a semi-auto at least it's taken some of that i had a serious black and blue on both my upper bicep and inner shoulder you need to shoot more no mine is <laughs> listen my shotgun weighs about as much as this knife oh well see that's not is cool. unbelievably light and it just all transfers right back into my shoulder um don the instructor over mm. at rainier has told me and kind of worked with me on trying to pull the gun apart, like to reduce re or reduce recoil. But it's again, it's another one of those, the gun needs to keep moving thing. Like I don't think about it until it's already too late. Yep. Like a damage is done. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I, I'm leaning slightly more towards the CZ um, for a few reasons. Um, the only, I don't even know if it's a downside. Does camo matter? On a shotgun? No. At all? If you're... The only times that I think <clears throat> it could matter is if you're turkey hunting or um, turkey waterfowl. Hunting. I don't hunting. want a waterfowl hunt. Smart but I man. do want a um, And even at that, it's like, I don't know. I think it's I think it's mainly like a, it looks cool right. thing. And if you like that look... So it's then, for you. Yeah. Yeah. So is it just that turkeys are so switched on? That they'll they see eyesight. something that's not. <clears throat> they have great eyesight, but you shouldn't be moving anyway. Right. And if you're not moving, then it most likely doesn't matter. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. So it's whatever you like. Like I'm a, I'm a surprise. I'm an old guy and I like, um, I like the old, you know, Woodstock and, and black barrel. Yeah. That's what I like. Um, so that's what like 
all of my guns are. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm looking at too. So <clears throat> I feel a little bit bad now for making fun of your side by side because the no, well, no only everybody because does feel free. that's why I like my truck. <laughs> it's because it's old and beaten and nobody else would like it but me. Yeah, that's why I like it. Yeah. So all right. Yeah, all but right. no, it's fine. I everybody makes fun of my my side by side because it's an, it's a you know everybody says that's an old man gun or whatever. Well, I've been shooting it since I was like whatever 35 or whatever so it's not that much of an old man that's not that old i mean you make it sound like you're 70 something i'm 63 i mean that's that's not 70 something (laughs) that's a long ways away (laughs) but anyway it's yeah i I just love shooting that guy i shoot sporting clays with it um and every you know i'm usually the only side-by-side guy there and i don't care i would imagine i like that gun yeah you know and 12 gauge 20 gauge 12 12 gauge yep Hmm. yep yeah it's just a good old gun it's it's got issues you know i was chasing a rooster one time and didn't see a little wire that was in the snow and tripped and face planted and in fact that's what we call still call that field to this day is face plant field you want to go hunt face plant <laughs> so it's like then I, I broke the stock on it because it's got like in the design of it there's like one little area that's yeah it's a, kind of a weak spot you know right. they probably should have made that a little stronger and I broke that thing right there and had to get the stock fixed. But yeah, it's a great gun. There you go. I How like many it. years have you had it? Since you're 35? So we're looking oh, I don't know. Since I was 30 years. Well, yeah. At huh? least, it's at a least. good amount of time. Yeah. So it's good. I like it. That's awesome. <laughs> it's it's beat up, man. It's Yeah, it's got no finish left on the stock. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just wood and metal. And that's about it. <laughs> it Maybe it's time for an upgrade, though. No. I mean, no, you know. No. That's all right. <laughs> As you get older, it's okay to have nice things. <laughs> oh, I've got lots of other guns okay. in my safe. I've got lots of you just don't take way them out. nicer guns. Um, I just, yeah, I don't take them out. I don't shoot them as well. No, I got, I've got some real nice. When you go after elk, what do you bring? Uh, Thirty out six. Okay. <clears throat> just a Remington seven hundred. Same um, when. Do what? Same when you go for. I use that again. It's like that's the gun. That's if I, your if I'm deer, not shooting my, okay. my side by side, I'm shooting yeah. that 30 out six because okay. it's different stuff. And that's pretty much what I, I've got. I don't want to talk about how many guns I've got, but I've got a, a fair number of guns and I realistically shoot like three. I think I'm starting to figure out or figure you out. And I think I'm seeing just like kind of what I'm going to be as I get oh, older. Lord. Cause I do the same stuff. It's like, no, that's what I use for this. And this is what I use for that. And that's it. Yeah. What about all those other things? I don't really use those. They, I have them, but I don't really, yeah. I don't know why I have them. Yeah. Yeah. There were, you know, there for a while I decided I was going to like have a, have one of each of the Browning shotguns. So I've got, you know, a bunch of Browning shotguns and I don't, like they just sit in there collecting dust. I should do something with them instead of just letting them sit in there, decompose well, gradually. <laughs> someday they'll be given to yeah grandkids. Yeah, and we'll make up some good story. Oh, Grandpa used this gun all the time, and you know that he goes. killed the last short-faced bear with this. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Saved all of the oh man Washington coast or wherever. Oh, it was. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, it is funny how you get your. Yeah, you develop your favorites and that's just what you use. That's the way it goes. That is. That is. Yeah, I've got one handgun that I shoot. I've got one 22 rifle that I, if I'm going to go plinking or if I'm going to go shoot squirrels or something, one rifle and one shotgun. And that's like literally I could easily get along just with that easily. I saw somebody put a red dot on a 22 lever action uh, golden boy. 
What? Uh, can't understand it. Was that you? No. No, 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 no. They put a Picatinny rail on the top of it and they put uh, a red dot on top of that. And I'm like, no, I no. couldn't figure that out. Yeah. And, and, and as you were going through that, I was like, oh God, he's going to get close to something that I did. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I used to hunt hogs a lot. Okay. Um, and at one point I got frustrated because they would like run into a bunch of brush and you couldn't get them out. Um, and so I decided that screw that. I'm going to get a gun that I can wade into the brush and go after them and oh that's smart and and get up close and and take care of business and so i i bought a 30 30 lever action okay and put a just like a a one power scope on there so that you could keep both eyes open and and shoot that way and slicked up the slicked up the action pretty good so i could shoot it pretty quick um so yeah, that's what I had. And I thought that maybe was where you were going. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, then you got off onto the whole golden boy thing. And, but yeah, but I, I like, I do like shooting that gun. I haven't shot it for a long time. Oh, lever actions are a blast. Oh, so much fun. And I slicked that thing up pretty good. My 22 is my favorite gun to shoot. Yeah. Just like, cause it's just tink, tink, yep. tink. There's no recoil. There's no nothing. Yep. It's hyper accurate. Yep. Like you put the targets on something and that's what it's hitting. Yep. For there's sure. No worries about it. Going into the brush after uh, a hog is really not the smartest thing in the world. It's not the dumbest. There's way dumber things. And I've probably done most of those too, so it's okay. I mean, <laughs> while hunting, what are those dumber things? No. Following a bear into a den? Well, there's lots of things. We, we don't need to go into okay. that here in public. Okay. But but yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's probably not something that a lot of people do, but I got frustrated with that a couple of times. And there was, there was, I had, I had, there was a ranch down in, in Oklahoma that I had permission to hunt on. And there was one particular spot that they called the hell hole. <laughs> and, uh, and they would, they would always run into the hell hole and you couldn't get them out. And so that was one of the reasons that I had that gun and, and put it together that way was so I could walk through the hell hole and get those doggone hogs out of there. And, and then lost. And then the, the rancher, um, didn't want me coming back anymore because he signed a contract with a trapper. Um, and the trapper didn't want, didn't want hunters on there. Yeah. So lost, lost permission on that deal. That's what happened. So, yeah. So, and then I had a couple of other tough breaks on some hog hunts and it just kind of, yeah. Fell out. Soured me on it. Yeah. So. How did you, uh, did you like eating that meat? Did you oh, eat that Oh, for sure. Meat? Yeah, yeah, no, there was, there's, um, <laughs> there's the, uh, down there, Oklahoma, Texas, down in that area, the, the small pigs, the little oh. piglet kind of things. Mm-hmm. They, they call them footballs because that's a pigskin football. Huh? Sure. Um, but that's what they call them is little footballs. And I like taking, I, I'd, I'd usually try to get uh, a few of those because you put them in your smoker hole. And it's just fantastic. Mm. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, just as like almost like a pulled pork kind of situation. They're just really, really good. Um, so I like I like that part about as much as anything. But most of them, I, I made like some kind of brat or something out of most of them. Um, the, it, they, were, they were okay. I yeah, probably no. at that, I mean, that's been, I don't know, a long time ago now. I would probably do a better job of figuring out how to, how to, how to prepare them. Um, but I made most of them into ground stuff and most of them were in brats. I really liked them with brats. I thought it added a, a great flavor, okay. just like a straight, like your blue ribbon, 
um, kind of stuff. Um, just like a straight brat, it just added a little tang to it. I felt like, um, hmm. with the, with the wild, um, the wild animals. Um, I thought, and I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. Huh. So I made a ton of that. So eventually I'm going to get down to Texas and get on some hogs. It might not be in the next year or two, but I have offers to go do it. And I'm absolutely going to take them up on that. Yeah. If you need a backup or somebody to walk into the brush, you know, <laughs> let me know. I'll go with you. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, well, they're not that bad. Eh, we'll see. I don't think I'm doing that. They throw a hand grenade in there or something. Oh, man. You know, what was funny, though, when I, the first, like, I didn't go hog hunting for a long time. I had a buddy that did. And he was always, oh, come on, you know, you're, you hunt all the time. You should come down here and do this. And it's fun and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but, like, I hate, like, pain to go hunting. Like, that's, like, mm -hmm. anti-me. Like, yep. I don't like to do that. And uh, And then one year they had a guy that canceled at the last second. You know, like you, you don't have that argument this time because the guy already paid and so it's, it's just going to, yep. just going to lose the money or you can come for free. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. So I got to go for free. And, um, and it was, it was really funny. Like I was watching the guides, um, and they just continually were talking about, oh yeah, we just take these, these hogs that you guys shoot and we just, you know, throw them out and let the coyotes, and sometimes the coyotes don't even eat them. They're so nasty and terrible and all that kind of stuff. But they always, they did always clean them i noticed you know and i was like wait a minute and so i started watching a little closer and, and yeah i think they were pretty for sure taking those taking home back. And them smart. Yeah. smart. <laughs> and, so, and so i was like well wait a minute if these things are you know if there That's... is a good thing to do with it then you know there must be you know a reason for it and then i thought well i'm not gonna pay so i just started like i kept my ears open and talking to people and and they also talked about what a pest and nuisance and all that kind of stuff sure. they were, and it, which is true. And I thought, well, then surely there's some ranchers out there that just want somebody to come, come kill, them. come get rid yep. of them for them. So I finally found a couple of places like that. Cool. Um, so that's what I did, and so that's how I ended up with my thirty thirty. Very so. smart of you. Every once in a while, I have moments. Very smart of you. Yeah, just just I moments. I guarantee you, I it's never flashes. would have picked up on that. I would have gone through the rest of my life just been like, "No, these guys told me once they're terrible. Just yeah. keep tossing them." No, out. no, no. They're, and they're no, they they're there's nothing wrong with those. They're okay. they're not filthy, hmm. horrible animals. Um, you can make darn good stuff out of them. And I'm sure I, I'm sure there's much better things to do with them than I did because I was, you know, I had kids and all that kind of stuff, and I was just cranking through as much meat as I could to feed right. kids. And, yeah. And they like brats, and so I made a bajillion pounds Keep of brats over right. the right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do tend to do the same thing. I find one thing I want to do with something, and I just do all of it. Yep. And that, but all right, yep. we are way past Goodness. an hour. So, and I've got multiple things I still have to do after having drank a few <laughs> beers. So we're gonna cut it here, Kurt. All right. Thanks for coming in. Always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything about the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.